Get ready to move from ordinary to extraordinary, natural to supernatural, with Radical Change Ministries. Viewers, what's you from all over the world? Welcome to all our local, local is lekker. Yes, local is lekker. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. That we are community. Yes. We are family. Yes. So those who are watching online, you are family. And you're so welcome to this word. And I pray this morning that the word that the Holy Spirit will speak through me will touch you. Will touch you. Will mean something to you. Will, you will take something out of this word this morning and take it with you. Amen? Are you expectant of a word this morning? Are you expectant to hear from the Holy Spirit? From God? The establisher of this kingdom, which we are part of, which we are the citizens of. Say, so I am a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know what? I just want to praise God. That He, he is the one, thank you, Holy Spirit. He is the one who initiated this kingdom. Not us. I wasn't even born. Do you think I have the power to, uh, to establish a kingdom like God? Only He can. He is the initiator of this kingdom. And what does He do? He creates me and you. And what does He do further? He puts us in this kingdom. He puts you, he, he puts you and me in this place where we have full right when we have full benefit of this kingdom. Now, isn't that good news? One amen. Now, isn't that good news? Hey, The gospel is good news. Like we're saying, the gospel is simple. And then comes His grace. Whatever we go through in life, whatever decisions we make, wrong ones, good ones, doesn't matter. His grace is always sufficient for you and me. This is, this is for someone sitting here and listening online. His grace is always sufficient for us. Sufficient. Never ending. Eternally. Forever and ever. Think about that. We, we are so living in a time of time. You know, it's now time to eat, and we have to do this in time. We have projects, so there's a time. In God's time, it's, it, God's time is eternal. There's no ending to His time. Say hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Now, as I'm ending off this morning with my, my series on kingdom, the last topic is the culture in this kingdom. We've... we've We've uh, spoke about authority in the kingdom, government, citizenship, constitution, the laws of this kingdom, and then lastly, the, the culture of a kingdom, the culture of any kingdom, and especially the culture in the kingdom of God, right? And what challenges we sometimes face with cultures, right? All over the world, all over the world. But this morning, the Holy Spirit wants to come and tell us what is his kingdom sculpture all about? 
Let me explain to you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak about cultures in the general and worldly cultures, and then we go to kingdom culture. You know, culture involves and impasses a lot of things. Culture makes up a lot of things. Everything that makes up a nation or makes a nation a nation and makes people a people is in their culture. Right? If you look at South Americans, if you look at North Americans, if you look at Europeans, Australians, if you look at Africans, there is different cultures that permeates through that land. It depends also in your, on your environment, where you stay, or where you land, and where your country is. I'll get to that. Quickly, every country has a land. Has land, right? Right. Territory. Without land, there's no country. Every country has a language, right? Or many, many languages for some countries like us. And many dialects, a lot of countries. You know, you go to America and you go to Kentucky. You know, you ask a speaker, I'm not going to understand what I'm saying, you know? If you go to Canada or northern parts of America, they speak a more pure English. So there's always different countries. If you go to Cape Town, hey, local is lekker, man. Lekker, lekker. You know? Go to Santon and the, the, the high profile areas, you might say, and you hear the English. Oh, it's all this high English, this British English that these people speak there sometimes. So there's different dialects. Yes? And I've, I've noticed in my workplace there's also a lot of cultures and, and different tribes that is assembled there. And how each culture and each tribe take words from the other culture or tribe. You'll, you'll find black people that says, Local is lekker, Yaman. Yeah, Let's say, Yaman. Yeah, Where does Yaman yeah, come from? Comes from Afrikaans or Dutch. And even our white folks, we say, Ish, man. This is not good, ish. Hi, hi, corner. Can't do that. Hi, sugar winner, Right? So we, we adapt, we, we take bits and pieces from each other. And what does it do? It creates culture, right? Every country has laws, right? We've seen that. The laws of the nation reflects the culture of that nation and vice versa. Every country has symbols. Symbols, physical symbols. And the, the primary symbol of any country is their flag. What does a flag represent? Flag represents pride of a nation. A strong sense of, of belonging sometimes. Right? When you raise that flag, in the army especially and in school areas, when you raise that flag, there's a sense of pride going up with the flag. There's no power in the flag. It's just a sense of a symbol of Unity in a country, right? That's why South Africa has a new flag. A symbol of unity. Amen? Yeah. We have to stand united. We have to stand united. If I think of the word united, I think of the salmon fish in Canada, in northern parts of America. When all the salmon goes to spawn, we have seen that on TV. Discovery Channel, National Geographic. I haven't been there. I've watched the television. <laughs> All this salmon swim upstream in one direction. It's upstream, but it's one direction. 
If you get one salmon in the opposite direction, he's totally confused. He doesn't know where he's going. But there's a purpose for the fish. They need to go and spawn. Reproduce. Say reproduce. In unity, we will reproduce. Hallelujah. There's a nugget. In unity, we will reproduce. If you stand alone, that fish that swims the opposite direction, do you think he's going to spawn? He's going to die. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your nuggets. Every country has a constitution. We've seen that. So, all these together, land, language, laws, symbols, constitution, moral code, shared values, customs, norms, they comprise what we call culture. That's how culture is formed. So what is culture? Culture is a developing of a people, of the people's intellectual cap capacities. We have to be developed in our intellectual capacities. And moral awareness through a combination of formal education and informal education. Formal education is in our schools, in our universities, in our colleges, in our wherever. Informal education is at home with your mother and your father. Right? Parents, society. That's where culture is formed. Now here comes another nugget. Remember this, or write this down, or record it. <laughs> we are born into a culture, but we are not born with a culture. When me and you are getting born, we are born into a culture, right? We are not born with a culture. Culture starts to develop in the environment where you are born into. Right? True? Do you agree? Right, let's look at three aspects of perspectives. In sociology, in a sociological perspective, culture is a customary beliefs, social forms, material traits of racial, religious, and social groups. In business, culture defines the set of shared attitudes in the business, the values or the goals of that business and practices. And in a spiritual de definition, culture means to grow in a prepared medium. A prepared medium. That medium that God has created already. His kingdom. Right? That's where we are. If we are, if we are re truly reborn, truly reborn, then you, then you go into the kingdom of heaven's culture. But do you know everything of the culture of the heaven when you get reborn? No, I didn't. When I was saved and I said yes to Jesus, I didn't know about the Holy Spirit, the power of God. I didn't know about that. I had to be taught that. From where? From the Bible, the culture of heaven, right? So that medium that God has established for us, the kingdom of heaven. So then, obviously, then one day, 
we get reborn and we get into this culture of heaven. And we become a citizens of this culture, of this kingdom of heaven, right? And that is where the real challenge begins for a lot of us. That's where the real challenge begins. When you move from your social culture to a culture of kingdom-mindedness in the kingdom. That's where, this, that's where it becomes a challenge. Why? Because for 20 years or 5 years or 30 years, you were developed into the social culture. Now you get reborn, you get saved, you give your heart to God, you give your heart to Jesus. I'm going to run for Jesus. I'm going to set people afire. I, I was just reborn yesterday. We've seen it so many times. People want to run for God. They want to go uh, plant churches. They want to go evangelize. But do they have the training? Do they understand now this culture of heaven before they run into the world? Right? We have to be trained up. That's why Bible colleges are important. That's why church are important. While I'm preparing messages, revelation comes. Knowledge comes. The same with you. When you read the Word of God, you, things start to stand out for you. Amen? That's where our challenge comes. So, so we suddenly find ourselves in this whole new culture. This new growth medium. The medium that God, this platform that God has established for us. We're now moving into that and we are in that now. Now we have to, we have to discard our social culture um, a bit. Because our social culture might say, I can have ten wives. But God's kingdom says, He created Adam and Eve, two people. He blessed marriages, the marriage, right? So this is where the conflict comes in. So, so do, I, do I go with the social culture or do I go with... But yesterday I gave my heart to God, to Jesus. I, I have to stand now in the kingdom of, this, of His culture. And what does that culture say? That culture gives me new hope. It brings grace. It brings opportunities. It brings life. Everlasting life. Say so it brings life. It brings life. Hallelujah. So whoever controls the minds of people controls the culture. We see the kingdom of light and we see the kingdom of darkness. Is the enemy controlling your mind? Because when he controls your mind, he will control that culture on earth. Because on earth is the battle. Between light and darkness. Because the enemy wants to come with his rubbish stuff. He wants to come and attack us. Right? So our minds are important. Whoever controls your mind controls the culture. Because if you are influenced by the devil... That influence will eventually permeate and flow down to your children or your children's children or to your spouse. But if you are controlled by God, the Holy Spirit, that same influence will go down to generations. You choose, Deuteronomy says, Moses says, you choose life or death. You choose. Right? It's our choice. 
But I plead with you, he says, choose life. <laughs> There's an answer. He says, I give you a question, but I give you the answer as well. Who has ever written a, t- a test like that? You get the question and you get the answer as well. Nice one. Right? He says, choose life. Why did, why did God say that to Moses, choose life? God's heart, the Father's heart, wants to see us alive. He wants to see us growing from strength to strength, not to die to sin and die to death or die to the devil and the Satan stuff. So he gives us the answer. Choose life. Choose me. I will show you great and mighty things. Let's go to Proverbs 23 verse 7 in the Amplified Classic Translation. Remember the minds and the hearts? For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As we think in our hearts, so we are. As we think in our minds, so are we. As one who reckons, he says to you, eat and drink. Yet his heart is not with you, but is grudging the cost. So what do we think? What is in our heart? In this this context of, of Proverbs 23, they were dining out. And he was giving them, giving them food. But in his heart, he was like, I have to now pay for this. I must take the pastor out for lunch, or I must take this visitor out for lunch. But what is in my heart? Ah, now I have to pay for this again. Uh-uh-uh. That's not kingdom-mindedness, right? As we think in our minds and our hearts, so are we, right? So we constantly have to check our hearts, And the heart here in this context represents the mind. Because in this thing here happens all our thinking, our intellect, our culture, blah, blah, blah. But as soon as we speak the Word of God, we we start to transform our mind thinking patterns, reprogramming. Amen? Are we getting this? That's right. That's where that's where this battle in the minds. Now let's look at a few points. Culture manifests itself in a number of ways. So culture shows itself in a number of ways. I must check my time. Number one, values. In a culture, there's values. We have values, right? A value is a belief or a conviction that is considered worthy in a person. What is our value? It's a standard. That regulates conduct. How do we conduct ourselves? Matthew 5. What did Jesus say in Matthew 5 from verse 3? Values. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek. I'm going to fast. No. For they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Jesus is setting a few values here and principles. 
Do we see this? Blessed are those people. Blessed are those. Blessed are those. Blessed are those. Behavior, conduct. Number two, priorities. When we show our priorities, our culture, our culture is shown. Whatever we prioritize in life reveals our culture. What do we prioritize? What do we prioritize? And what comes with priority? Okay, here comes my mathematical formula. Priority equals choice. Right? What priority do I choose? It's still my choice. God has given us free will and free choice. Hmm. Let's go to Matthew 6 from verse 31 in the NIV translation. So do not worry, he says, saying, what shall I eat or what shall I drink and what shall I wear? For the pagans, Jesus, Jesus says here, for the pagans ran after, run after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them, you and me. And then he says, regarding priority, number, uh, verse 33, but seek first his kingdom. But, but, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. As well. Why as well? Because the pagans have their stuff. So what do we do sometimes as Christians? Oh, I would like to have that thing that that guy has. Oh, I would love to have, oh, I'm envious of that person. I would love to have what he has. Right? Don't we, 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 we sometimes become jealous? That green streak in us? I, I, would, I, would, I would like to have that. And then, but seek ye first the kingdom and, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Don't you think God will look after you when you stand in his kingdom? Yes? Yeah, but yes, yes. E -E, yes, yes, yes. Right? We serve a, a, a loving Father. Number three, our behaviors reflect our culture, how we behave. And man, sometimes we behave. <laughs> oh, I'm the only one. You're all holy. You, you never misbehave. You are the, the righteousness of God. You are perfect people. You are perfect citizens of this kingdom. <laughs> hallelujah. Say hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> what to say? Our behavior. What does our behavior show other people? How do we behave? It's a simple thing. Another, number four, standards. Our standards. What is our standards that we live by? Do we live by a social standard? Or um, my culture says I can have th uh, three wives, like the, the Arabs, sometimes four wives, in Saudi Arabia and Dubai and the UAE and Oman and the Middle East. I can have a lot. In Africa, you can have a lot of wives. No problem. Or do we, do we, if we are reborn, and if you chose, choose 
the kingdom of God, that's a new culture. There's a new medium. Right? Hmm. Our standards. The standards we apply in everyday life reveal whether we have a culture of mediocrity or a culture of excellence. Do we operate in the spirit of excellence or try to or at least aim to to live by a, a, a spirit of excellence to do things to the best of our ability? We try our best or are we just mediocre? You know, just average. We, ah, you know, I'll, I'll put this light in here or this light fitting but if it hangs skew, ah, it's alright, you know, at least there's light. Simple stuff, you know. Um, after I've worked with my tools in my house, like I did on Wednesday, I put up a lot of heaters and stuff in the house. Do I just leave the tools there in the house and, ah, I'll do it tomorrow, you know, no one is going to trip over them? Or do I take the extra effort and just go and put them away where they belong? That's standard. And a standard is a, is a funny thing. As, as soon as you slip down a mediocrity standard, you're going more down to that standard. You know? But as soon as you go into a stand of a spirit of excellence, trying to do things to the best of your ability, no one is perfect. Hallelujah. Only one person is perfect, Jesus Christ. We are not perfect. I'm not saying we have to be perfect. The attitude is to do my best. If my wife asks me for a scrambled egg or a, or a baked egg, and I know for a fact that she likes a medium soft egg, and I give her a hard egg, is she going to be happy? Do I do the best for her? No. Yet I know she likes a medium, egg, medium soft egg. But what comes in? Pride. Ah. At least I did it for you. Eat it. Right? At least I, I, I made an effort to, do, to go down to the kitchen and, and make you a breakfast. I mean, do we, do we see where our standards has an influence on ourselves and our minds? Because it starts in our, in our minds. No. Our Heavenly Father gave us the best. He established a kingdom of earth, on earth, right? He gave us all the authority, all the power to reign and to rule. And yet we come with this mediocrity standard. I'll just do this like this. It's, it's going to be cool. If your boss asks you to do something, do you do it to, to the best of your ability? And don't be too prideful to ask for help if you can't. No, I'm not going to ask anyone. I'm not even going to ask Google. Google doesn't know everything. I'm going to do it the best way I, I know. Right? <laughs> I mean, we can use technology. YouTube, and the, it's not YouTube, it's the people who make the videos and put it on YouTube. Those are the people that give us the knowledge. Right? And even on social media, there's the darkness and there's the light. 
So we see in every sphere of our environment, of our culture, there is darkness and light. Yes, you choose. Hallelujah. Say hallelujah. Say, I'm getting something this morning. My mind are transformed this morning. My mind are transformed this morning. I know I speak too fast sometimes. I confess. I don't know why. That's who I am. <laughs> right. Another point in, in um, the manifestation of our culture is celebration. How do we celebrate? Our culture is revealed in the things we celebrate. And in the manner we celebrate... Oh, there's a party. Hey, man, tonight I'm going to drink, man. Like Nice, nice, nice. I'm going to celebrate, man. We, it's youth day, youth day. Or no, it's, or it's Christmas, or it's whatever. Um, it's a, it's, it's a, this is my opportunity to to a few things, you know. To drink some alcohol. And hit my name with a plank. Right? How do we celebrate? We can still go to parties. We can still go to a, a braai or a barbecue and not drink. Amen? Alcohol, I mean. We can drink cold drink. So our culture, and another point is our relationships. Our relationships. Who do we relate to? How do we relate to them? How do we treat people? Do we treat him with love? Another point is ethics. Is honesty your best policy? Or is honesty your only policy? Okay. Is honesty your best policy? Or is honesty your only policy? Nugget. When I, hear, when I, when I saw these words in my preparation, I thought of my mom. My mom always told me, honesty is your best policy. But when I saw this revelation... It is the only policy it should be. Honesty. Even if it gets you in trouble. In a culture, what do we permit? And what don't we permit? What do we accept or not accept? And lastly, what is our quality standards like? Culture manifests in our standards of quality. Like I said, the spirit of excellence. God didn't do anything halfway, right? Did he send half of Jesus to the cross? No. He sent Jesus, the whole body, to the cross. Everything that Jesus stood for. He was a rabbi. He was a Jew. He was a son of God. He was everything. Did God say, no, we'll just give Pilate or give the Jews the, the rigid Jews. We'll just give, you, give them your arm. Then they'll be happy. God knew he had to, to save us. To save us. Say, to save me. To save me. He had to send the whole Jesus to the cross. Hey, everything that Jesus stood for, he had to send to the cross. 
God did not do anything halfway. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Lord, thank you for, if you close, as we close our eyes, as I end off. Lord, this word that went out this morning, I seal it with the blood of Jesus. I seal it with the blood of Jesus. Lord, thank you that you reveal yourself to us through your word. That a transformation in our minds is happening right now. That we will realize that we stand in the culture of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That through your word, you reveal yourself to us and, and brings transformation. Lord, as I pray for everybody sitting here and watching online. Lord, I pray a new hunger, a new hunger for your kingdom. A new hunger for you, Father. A new hunger to understand who the Father is. To understand the heart of the Father. A new hunger. I release a new hunger in our hearts, in our minds as well. In the mighty name of Jesus. To know you better. To understand you better. To understand what you have for us. And what you have already given to us. That we can only take and partake. Lord, I pray for every soul that's watching right now and sitting here. That you bless those souls, Lord. Bless their hearts and their minds. Show your countenance towards their Father. Show yourself to them, Lord. To us. Shaka brashete mechemre shoko brashete kebrashatare. Ebre shata machamara shata kodroshete mechemre shete kerere. Lord, and I pray this Romans 8:28 over us, over all of us. That doesn't matter what we what we go through. We are still in this kingdom of God. That everything will work out for good for those who love the Lord. For those who love the Lord. We have to love the Lord. And are called to His purpose. Everything will work out for good for those. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Apostle Paul, for writing that. For putting that down in pen and paper. Or pen and paper. Putting it down, writing it down. Lord, I declare that greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Greater is the Holy Spirit in us than the enemy and all his demonic workings and whatever he wants to come and throw at us. Greater is the Spirit of God in us than he that's in the world. Greater is God in us than he that's in the world. Greater is Jesus that's in us than he that's in the world. And I pray this over all of us. It's not by power, nor by might, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. The Spirit of God. 
And in the Spirit of God that's in us, there is power. There is revelation. There is wisdom. There is insight. Lord, I pray this over someone. This is a word for someone. That the Lord will give you wisdom when you ask for wisdom. The Lord will give you wisdom in your need for wisdom. Sit in the council of the wise because there you will find wisdom. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, and lastly, I pray that we will seek first the kingdom of God. We will seek first, first seek His kingdom and His righteousness. And all things will be added unto you. Lord, and as I pray this, I know that our, our minds has been transformed this morning. Our hearts has been transformed this morning. That this culture of heaven, that is the premier culture that we have to live by. Our conduct, our values, our standards is according to the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you burn inside of us with that everlasting flame, that rivers of living water running through us right now. Rivers of living water. As you can see, the blue water, the clear water running through us, through our hearts, through our minds, through our soul areas, our emotions, our intellect. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that your plan is magnificent. Your plan is established. Nothing will move your plan. The enemy is defeated through Christ Jesus' resurrection. We stand victorious in this kingdom of God. So this morning I want to ask you, what do you choose, death or life? You choose but choose life, God says. Because there you'll find me. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. That the lights in our minds, in our brains, in our intellect went on this morning. And everybody says, Amen. Hallelujah. Here's the mic. My uh, beautiful wife just wants to say something. Oh, there's a the mic. Um, I just, when I was sitting there at the back, I got some word for, some prophetic word for people. And um, so, are you okay? Can I give it to you guys? <laughs> um, you, young man. When you stepped in here today, it was like you were stepping in to a, a new season of mighty revelation. I just see how the Holy Spirit is going to start teaching you like never before as you submit to his lead. You will get such witty ideas and inventions, and um, I just see how... I see you in a Ferrari, 
a red Ferrari. Now, um, that can be literally or it can be symbolically, meaning stepping into a ministry where you take off and you, you just go. And the Spirit of God, that's power and might, just moves through you and, and shows you what to do, when to do it, how to do it. Okay? Make sense? You're going to like that Ferrari. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, sir, with the blue shirt. Um, yes, you and your wife. Um, it, it felt like everything was closing around you. But it's just God closing every avenue because he's got you in the right one. It was like everybody got promoted except you. It was like everybody got the, the blessing except you. But God said, I'm pouring it out. You will see my provision like never before. I just see how he's starting to elevate you. And, and, and when you open your mouth, wisdom flows. When you open your mouth, people will stand amazed with the revelation that you are getting in your workplace, even in your family. I just see a mighty restoration wherever you go. I see new buildings going up. And um, so I, I hope it makes sense. It doesn't make sense to me at all. But yeah, I know it makes sense. God hears your prayers, ma'am. He hears you. He hears you crying in the midnight season. He hears you when, when, when you say, Lord, I don't know anymore. But God says, I do. I've got you. The future is great. Mm. The future is exactly what you asked for. Mm. That, that, I see you've been writing and writing and writing and writing. And everything that you have written down, you keep on doing that because it will come to pass. Habakkuk 2.2. Young lady with the blonde hair over there. Yes, you. Um, um, it's been really tough. It's been a struggle. But God says the struggle is over. You start speaking those things that are not as if they are. Yes. Because that, that's what you are creating your future. And the plan I have for you is good. The plan I have for you is great. The plan I have for you is like that... Um, that uh, widow, when, when she started to pour the oil, it, it started to multiply. And you say to God, Lord, this is all I have right now. That is all you need right now, God is saying to you. And when you start pouring it out, it will start to multiply. That anointing will start to increase. But you need to start pouring it out. You need to start pouring it out. Okay? And the lady next to you. Um, you have a tremendous ability to remember things. I just see there's nothing you cannot do or study. I don't know if you're studying or if you're still at school. Not at school, you're working. Okay. Um, you need to study, girl. <laughs> God will make a way, okay? Um, there's nothing you cannot study. You can, you can do two, three things at once. And you'll pass everything. So go for gold, okay? Um, God's going to open things up to you. There's a deep desire that you've buried. God wants you to take it out and, and start moving in there. He will open the doors, okay? He will open the doors. And what I heard specifically in the spirit, people have many questions. There's so many questions. I just saw question marks all over. 
And um, the, the, the thing that God was telling me all the time, the whole time, we must be careful to go into fear. Mm. We must, we, God did not give us a spirit of fear. Mm. He gave us a spirit of power. Our country will go from glory to glory. Yes. Amen. And he's going to use you. Amen. He's going to use you. And things that you've been asking for, and it hasn't happened yet. God's timing is perfect. And faith is now. So what you believe for, I mean, everybody said that because of lockdowns and all of this junk going on, that's the enemy's plan. But what is the opposite? That's God's plan. So whatever is happening in the natural, what is happening in the supernatural, that is the truth. So that is what we must walk in. So if the enemy says you're going to lose your business or your job or whatever, tell him you're a big fat liar because that's what he is. If he's telling you you're never going to make it, you are going to make it. If he's telling you you're never going to get healed, you are going to get healed. You're already healed, man. You're already healed. No virus can touch you. If God said you're going to be fruitful and multiply, you're going to have twins, you're going to have children, you will. We have to start turning it around. I don't go what people say. I don't care who it is. I, I do what God tells me to do. Thanks for tuning into Radical Change Ministries. Subscribe for more.